Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are basically thinking about mental health, just learning to really let go of those emotions. We have a special guest here today, all the way from Australia, waking up super early for me <laughs> just to do this interview. So I really appreciate your time as well as your perspective. I have Emmanuel Anthony. He is a researcher, a writer, a teacher. He's an inspirational speaker. Man, this this man has done it all. If he hasn't done it, well, give him time. He'll probably figure it out and do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind, Emmanuel. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little more. Uh, no problems. First off, thank you for having me and thank you for everybody that's here. Luckily for me, it's not too early in the morning. I think it's about 10 o'clock here in the morning. So that's quite nice. Uh, I'm an inspirational speaker, researcher, writer, teacher, and consultant. For the last 11 years, I've had the blessing of working with clients globally and assisting them to overcome major challenges within their life and achieve their goals. Some of the major mental challenges that I've worked with and not only worked with, but I've also gone out and done talks on in front of psychiatrists, psychologists, and things like that. Also been around anxiety, depression, bipolar, overcoming these uh, common mental disorders and how to actually create results within those and let go permanently and for life. Awesome. And what inspired you to walk in this path of self-growth and self-awareness that you were able to help other people if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. One of the things that I've learned in my journey, uh, there's a subject by my mentor, Dr. John D. Martini, and it's called values. And the human values, uh, there's a lot of different range of values out there, but it's uh, the highest level of values that I've seen. It describes the fact that every human being lives their life by a unique set of values. Whatever's most important and meaningful to us is the areas that we have our greatest void, what we perceive to be most missing. Whatever we perceive to be most missing creates the greatest amount of value within our lives. And every human being on planet Earth actually has a unique and different set of values in their life based on their perceptions of what occurred within their past and throughout their lives determines their values. Well, for me growing up, there was a few key areas that I found were weaknesses, major challenges and areas that I really wanted to grow and evolve in. Uh, one was physical strength and the other one was mental strength. I felt that I was bullied in primary school because I didn't stand up for myself and I uh, was very susceptible to that. And then I also mentally felt that I couldn't stick up for myself and I held on to a lot of emotions. I didn't know if other people did, but it felt like I held on to them a lot longer than anybody else. So I had this major value throughout my life, just be able to deal with those things, to be able to overcome them. And that started in primary school, then it went through to high school. And then once I left high school, I realized that I'd spent a large period of my time, you know, reading and researching around Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, psychology, psychiatry, anything to do with the mind. And I had this obsession with helping friends or anybody else that was in trouble, <laughs> where anybody else would say, oh, look, that's a bit much. And, you know, I don't want to hear about that. I would gladly and openly just listen to people's challenges and I'd be obsessed with trying to figure out a way to help them create some kind of resolution that would create a shift within their lives. So as that occurred, eventually at the age of 25, I had a, an amazing moment, a synchronistic moment where a friend of mine, Bahia, who had noticed I was attending a lot of workshops by inspirational speakers and consultants, said to me, Emmanuel, I would love for you to come and do this workshop with me or see this couple of speakers, but there's one in particular by the name of Dr. John D. Martini. And I think that he's worked work will really resonate with you. And uh, I took the chance, uh, slapped on a suit and went there. I didn't really have much money in my pocket. But when Dr. John D. Martini spoke, it resonated with me. And he was he had a method called the D. Martini method. And he was discussing a workshop that he had coming up where you could let go of your emotions towards anybody and permanently and for life. 
Mm. The minute I heard that, I had, it was easy about 26, or maybe 20 years worth of baggage towards my father and an ex-partner that had cheated on me. And I knew those things had to go because they were creating some real trials and tribulations psychologically and physiologically. So I went and attended that workshop and in about four hours, all those emotions were gone towards my father and years of anger and hatred and feelings of betrayal and everything were gone. I was actually in Perth, which is like a, I think it's a six hour flight from Melbourne. So it's basically the opposite side of Australia. And I'd flown there to do that workshop. And I came back and my father was my best friend. He never attended the workshop, but all of that baggage was gone. And when I saw what I was able to do in that workshop by just attending a workshop with a hundred other people. So it wasn't like it was uniquely special to me, but that methodology was that powerful that I had learned. I realized that I wanted to do that with other people. And if that was in a group of a hundred, I could definitely work one-on-one and speed up the time in which that was done. So I went on a journey from that point. I had a graphic design business and I said, this is where my heart's at. Uh, This is what I'm doing for a job and I like it. I like it a lot. It's not what I love. And I, the, all the writing was on the wall. I could see my whole life had been leading to that point. And now it's just about giving myself permission. So that was about 11 or 12 years ago now. And since then, I've been blessed to serve thousands of people and assist them to create those changes within their lives. Wow. That's really amazing that you were able to first realize what you were holding into was an issue and it was affecting you negatively that you knew that you had to fix yourself, that you can't just have the problem that you think is a problem be the main focus. You know, you were able to shift your perspective and that's very amazing because not a lot of people have that awareness or even that moments of understanding where it's coming from and to have that change in four hours is really mind-blowing you know really mind-blowing to know that you really have control of what you're choosing to hold on to so that's nice that you're doing that and I was also reading on your website how you really try to help people focus on communication and how important would you say communication is It's a huge part of not only who we are as human beings, but how we connect with other human beings. We communicate with ourselves. And, you know, if you've ever spoken to somebody and not really being able, they're speaking words, but you're not able to understand what they mean by those words. No, that's our connection to the rest of the world outside of us. So uh, when it comes to communicating, there's a range of things I teach um, amongst not only how to improve how you communicate to others, because everybody sees the world based on their unique set of values. They delete, distort and generalize information around them um, in order to align with how they see and perceive the world, because how the world is, is very different to how we perceive it. It's our own personal interpretation of it. And since everyone's having their own personal interpretations, if we can understand their interpretation to a greater degree, we can find a link between how we perceive the world and how they perceive the world and communicate somewhere in the middle. We're honoring and valuing who we are authentically and not minimizing ourselves, while at the same time being able to do the same with the other person. That is a very unique skill to have. But if you have that ability to do that, you not only can increase your self-worth, help other people increase their self-worth, but you can also step up as a leader because a leader is a person that has the ability to communicate in a range of multidimensional sets of values and have those people be wanting to join them on a mission to serve humanity, whatever that is. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that makes sense. Everything that you're saying is really starting to make more sense. 
it's just the way that you're putting it it's just really clear cut i think sometimes i make it more confusing than what it is i think i'm a little <laughs> razzled in my mind <laughs> uh, look I, I think if anybody spent as much time as i did when i started this i had an office in turak in melbourne so one of the most uh, beautiful and affluential areas in melbourne australia and um you can walk down the road and like the trees kind of touch in the middle and there's just these million dollar properties on the side and the light comes through it's, it's such a gorgeous area where my office was and when I first started this career, I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, 11 years ago, I would work somewhere between 12 as a minimum to about 16 hours a day. And then I just, I lived about five minutes down the road. It was a 10 minute walk, but I drove down there because I had a gym and everything. So I could just park and then get into the office anywhere from six to 8am. And then I'd leave anywhere from 12 to one sometimes. But I, I did this seven days a week up until I met my fiance. And then when I met her, we've been together for about eight years. Uh, then I needed to create a little more balance to make uh, room and time for her as well. But anybody that had been doing, you know, my work that I've been doing for that many hours, I, you pick up a few things here and there. <laughs> Yeah, you would have to really just learn how to adjust and adapt. That's just great that you're able to do that. And congratulations on your fiance being together for so long. I bet you have to keep that communication skills going, especially in your relationships. I know that's one thing that I'm doing with my fiance as well, is just keeping that communication. So that's very good. I guess one of my... Well, they, well I was going to quickly say, well, they humble you. I may be an inspirational speaker, researcher, writer, teacher, and consultant, and they're all fantastic labels, but... To my fiance, I'm just Emmanuel. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, behind the glitz and the glamour and the beautiful photos of myself that I send out for press pieces and, you know, the nice studios with lighting and everything here, you know, to her, I'm just the guy that wakes up in the morning and my PJ is kind of entitled and not perfect. And they keep you humble and um, they remind you that you know, we're still students of life in yeah. that. And no matter what we're doing, no matter how great the titles become, no matter how amazing the research that we have or how effective our levels of communication are, who we're communicating with, you know, our partners are phenomenal for just being this feedback to humble us back, to remind us that we're still humans. We're still students. We're all students of life. We've got something to learn and be open and receptive to that learning as well. So I'm forever grateful for my fiance. She's, you know, one of the strongest and most powerful women I've ever met in my life. And every single day, she just leaves me in awe um, in terms of who she is. But she's definitely the complementary opposite to so many things that I am as well that just, you know, stimulates parts of me <laughs> that I wouldn't naturally go out and do, but, and I probably reject it a lot of the times, but the minute I do it, you know, she opens me up to being a whole different person that I'm, I'm glad to be. That's good. See, at least you're able to stay humble and be able to give her that acknowledgement. That's very important because when you were saying that, I was like, that is so true. My husband, my fiance does that too. He's always pulling me back and reminding me that you have to still be accepting of knowledge and being very just normal like you have to realize you're just yeah. normal you're just another just human a regular being. human being yeah yeah and i was gonna say that i was also reading up on you universal laws and because you said humble i'm assuming that staying humble would be one of the universal laws or what would you what would you say are the universal laws so the universal laws are the study of energy and the laws in which reply to energy. So for, in other words, energy cannot be killed, cannot be destroyed, it cannot be created, it can only be transformed. Now, if we understand energy, since every aspect of the universe is made out of energy, and it's perceived that we're in a closed system, meaning that the same amount of energy that has existed throughout the universe still exists now, it's expanding, but we haven't got more or less energy, then if we understand the laws of how energy works, then we understand fundamental universal laws, doesn't matter whether we're here or Mars, or Venus, or anyone else, 
us, those laws are applicable. Um, so as we apply those laws, say, for example, I worked with a lady yesterday and she didn't have a huge amount of grief, but she had a little bit of grief towards her son that had passed away. And one of the universal laws I just mentioned to you there, energy cannot be killed, cannot be destroyed, it cannot be transformed. So there's a method of the Martini form called side C where you dissolve grief and it takes anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours. When I met my fiance, she asked me, what do you do for a job? I said, I can't tell you, I have to show you because we have to take a specific challenge that you're facing within your life and bring that into balance. So it's permanently resolved. And she said, okay, this sounds very interesting. So she came and she had the first item that we worked on was actually a grief of her father who had passed away. I think it was 10 years earlier, but she'd always been holding on to a little bit of that. In half mm -hmm. an hour, we had that done. And uh, I looked at her and said, can you experience any grief? She said, I can't feel it. I can't find it. I'm trying to. She goes, this is the wildest thing ever. She jumped on my lap and hugged me and just went, that's absolutely crazy. She goes, how the hell did you do that? And I said, well, a lot of people are under the misconception and psychiatry and psychology and all of these forms promoted. There are five stages of grieving and yada, yada, yada. But you know, in 11 years, I've watched clients do it and taught them how to do it as well within 30 minutes to three hours. So I, I feel that there's no reason for a person to suffer endlessly with that if there's a half an hour solution that's available to them. So uh, that's what applying those universal laws does. It is just an understanding of how the universe works and then aligning with the universe through specific principles and tools, Martini method in particular, and then using those to alter your perceptions. Because when we experience emotions, a lot of the models that we have at the moment very much are symptoms-based, or you've got depression, or you've got anxiety, as if it's happening to you. But what a lot of people don't understand is it's your perceptions of what's occurring that determine your symptoms. So the root cause is actually your perceptions. And if you have five family members and something occurs in front of them that could be perceived as traumatic, and only one person has a post-traumatic stress disorder from that, that means four other people are perceiving it very differently in the way that they're doing that. And it's not right or wrong, but the person that is having the most extreme emotions is also having the most extreme physiological symptoms. We call that TCs, the body not being at ease and disorder, the body's not in order. And that can impact the body greatly enough to create symptoms like tumors and things like that, because you can't stress out the body for a large period of time without having a large impact on the body. We know that, for example, with stress, if you're just slightly anxious for two seconds, the heart can handle that. If you repeat that pattern for every second of the day and large quantities of it for 10 years, you can have a heart attack. So because anxiety is adrenaline to the heart, we already know the chemical and the hormones and which perceptions create that. So when we understand how to associate and understand our perceptions, appreciate them and see them as feedbacks, apply these principles, we alter human physiology and the symptoms and then the symptoms dissipate and dissolve. So that's what the application of the universal laws for a method called the Martini method by Dr. John Demart Martini does in you know over three hundred thousand dollars worth of studies, probably over closer to four hundred thousand now in eleven years. It is the number one methodology that I've seen in everything that I've learned. Oh my goodness, yeah, it's like the drive-through of getting healed with your grief. That anything can be applied to that once you have that universal perspective and understanding. And it's making me wonder: is that how once you have that universal perspective and understanding and awareness, and you're understanding that? how energy is moving and what is really your thinking process. When you are speaking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, do you look out for those things on, to see if they have a controlled mind and yes. then you guide them to help them control their mindset and their thoughts. And, and then that then in return changes their perspective and their life. And that's why 100%. you say it literally changes your life. 
hundred percent. So there's a few things that I do because we're, we're talking about different roles. So my role as a consultant or as a Martini method facilitator specifically is to work with somebody. And then there's a few different tools I have. One of them is linguistic analysis, which is the analysis of the language that you're using and then understanding what reality that's creating within you. So for example, if somebody says to me, my father, I have, here's a great one. I worked with a lady and she goes, my father was never there for me. Now, never always are absolutes. And there is no such thing as an absolute. Her father was there for her and he wasn't there for her, but she has a unique set of values. So whenever he aligned with her values, she perceived he was there for her. And whenever he challenged her values, she felt that he wasn't there for her. Does that make sense? Yes. So if I listen to that statement straight away, I know on the Martini method form, side B, because it's a negative charge she has towards him and side B is all about working on negative charges. And there are seven columns within that. And there's one particular column uh, within side B, which allows you to dissolve alls and nothings and all absolutes and get you to see that a person has two sides. So I asked her utilizing that column of the Martini method form because it's a unique set of questions and a question is a quest for information or a quest for ion and ion is an imbalanced particle. So you can bring it back into balance. And the simple question I asked her was, how do you feel your father wasn't there for you? And she said, well, I felt that he throughout my life had not been there for me when I needed him and he just had not been in my life. I said, so how had your father been in your life? And she said, well, at first she was so polarized. She goes, he wasn't. And I said, did you have a house that you lived in? She goes, actually, it's true. My parents got divorced and my father was the only one that was really kind of, I think she had three or four sisters or brothers. She said, but he kept all of us. He said, I mean, you're not taking my kids away from me. I said, is it true to say that in a majority of cases you hear about women taking the kids? He goes, yeah, actually, that's true. So was he there for you um, by making sure that you guys had dinner and lunch and anything else you needed? She goes, yes. Paid for schooling and anything else we needed. Great. I said, um, we had a bed and everything to come home to that we never had to worry about that I said great and we listed you know she went from nothing to 20 examples and 30 examples then 50 examples and we're stacking them up here mm-hmm. and her polarized perceptions are turning into a from a polarized he didn't which a really solid voice is turning into well actually there was and you can see this softening in her voice as well which means her perceptions are actually starting to come into balance as she realizes the truth compared to her imbalanced lie that she'd been telling herself and shutting out of her awareness and then we hit one particular moment and this moment was beautiful and she said there was one she was she just giggled and she goes one day i had a fight with my father and i said uh I'm not coming to dinner. I'm not hanging out with you guys. That's it. And I'm just going to hang out in my room. So she hung out in that her room that night. The next day when she got back home from school, the door had been taken off the hinges. <laughs> and uh, from memory, her room was across from where the kitchen table was. And he had done that so she could spend time with the family and everybody could enjoy her presence. And then she could eat later on if she wanted to. But it was important that the whole family ate together. And as she said that, I said, well, he must have been a real monster to have that much of a value for you and family time that he would take off your door. My dad's never taken the doors off its hinges. He'd rather just leave me in my room when I'm that annoyed. And she just burst into tears. And in that Mm. moment, she realized that she'd been living by a lie and her dad had always loved her. And she perceived that he hadn't, but he had, but he had been loving her in the way he knew how to love her, which was in his model. She'd been comparing him to the way she perceived, which was a fantasy of him. And the real problem wasn't who he was, but the fantasy that she'd been comparing to and expecting to be. And anytime you have a fantasy, nobody can live up to the fantasy. We're here to love and appreciate people for who they are not who we create fantasies of who they are and that broke the whole thing just that one column she cried and broke down and 
these weren't tears of sadness. These were tears of gratitude because for the first time in her life, she actually felt that her father loved her. I could pretty much say that session was done from that point because she went from even slight defensive towards her father and what he had done to her to from that moment, we worked on a whole bunch of stuff, but from that moment, she was easy to work with. It was like putting a knife through warm butter. She was just receptive and open and fantasy. It, it was a whole shift and that shift was from that. And that's, it was interesting because that was what was holding the whole thing together. There was a whole bunch of other stuff, but that was the catalyst for everything changing. It was the association and the idea that he didn't love me because he wasn't there for me, but the not there for me was a complete lie. And that's what the method does. It asks you unique sets of questions and each column has a different purpose to break down and get you to see the truth of what's in front of you. When you see the truth, there's nothing but love. All else is an illusion. Wow, that is very true. We do tell it ourselves lies all the time and we do put people in an expectation that is just our fantasy. And then we get mad at them for not meeting our expectation that's only a fantasy. Oh, you said it perfectly. Oh my goodness. I wish I had an like an applaud thing. <laughs> because <laughs> that is get so one. true. It's not just that though, pardon me for interrupting. Uh, Most of us live within societies that are hedonistic based, uh, happily ever after. When you get married, you live happily ever after. What is that? Happiness. I don't promote in any of the work that I do. I promote love. Love is a synthesis and synchronicity of complementary opposites, meaning it's the perfect balance of positive and negative, pain and pleasure, support and challenge. And we need both. But a lot of our models are promoting this one-sided paradigm that we look for in the future and expect to get to, and then we get there and it's not there. So this is a great one I do in relationship workshops when I teach them. Mm -hmm. People say, um, you know, I go, this is happily ever after this meant to occur within your life at some point that people are working towards that never gets it's like the rainbow with a pot of gold. So I go, so when you're single, you have pleasure and pain. You have the ability to date. Let's say in your scenario, you could date as many beautiful men as you want. So you've got a plethora and a platter of all of these beautiful nationalities and men and everything that are there. The drawback is you date enough people. If you go on 20 dates in a week, you go, there's some psychotic people out there. <laughs> you start to realize this is challenging. It takes quite a bit of time. So you have pain and pleasure. You finally meet somebody. You get the pleasure of meeting somebody in that initial start of the relationship. And I call it the, you know, infatuation stage. But the drawback is you now have to give up on all these other people out there. It's really interesting when you meet someone, you're really connected to them. Isn't it funny how many hot people start finally start communicating with you? Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, start... what is going on? Why didn't you message me? Where before? were you before? <laughs> now that they see that you're off the market, yeah. they're trying to grab a last minute deal mm -hmm. on that. So you have pain and pleasure within that. And then when somebody's been dating for years, I talk to couples all the time. So how's the sex life? They go, yeah, it's good. And usually it's true because they go, well, you're eating the same thing every night. I eat chicken every night. A steak every now and then is nice, but I accept the fact that I eat chicken every night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, it has pleasure and pain, benefits and drawbacks. Well, then a person gets engaged. And when I'm doing relationships and stuff, and I go, is that all benefits? And some of the women will say yes, because they're infatuated with that stage. And the men will go, no. And other people will go, no. It was an absolute headache to plan the wedding, the stress of planning the wedding, the finances associated with it, who to invite, who not to invite, feeling we're going to lose friendships and they go through that whole thing. I go, so that had pain and pleasure as well. So what about when you get married? Obviously that's happily ever after. And the couples that have been married for a while start laughing within the audience. I said, are you telling me that's not happily ever after? You guys have arguments? And they go, oh yeah, all the time. Because now you add pressures of purchasing properties and living together and creating children and the different sets of goals that you have and managing finances and accumulating more wealth and everything that comes with that as well. And pressure from parents and culture and everything that people may have as well. So I said, that's fine. Because when you have kids, it's, it's 
perfect then, isn't it? And anybody with kids just bursts out laughing. And they go, are you kidding me? The first month you have them, it's like you're a crack addict. You haven't slept enough and you're barely able to kind of live life. You're kind of just kind of surviving it like somebody would if they've been on drugs for ages. If you don't sleep long enough, you actually have the same impacts as what drugs have to a degree. Hallucinations. There's no, if you go to university and you want to become a podiatrist, you have to go through an X amount of tests and everything else. And then they give you certifications of a kid, which is one of the most important responsibilities. They just hand it to you at the hospital. Here you go. There you go. No manual or anything. Just figure that out. And the kid, every kid's different as well. Some of them aren't sleeping, keep you up all night. Others sleep perfectly, just peeing and pooing all over the place. It's then you got to try to run a relationship and all kinds of things. And what you realize is at no point is there perfect pleasure. At no point is there perfect pain. There's actually a synthesis of the two and your ability to manage your emotions and perceptions between those is really the key to being able to love and appreciate your life as well as other people and yourself. So that's why I teach those tools because they're tools that are applicable for all those areas of life. And if you know how to manage your perceptions, you can be present for the blessings that you have now instead of comparing it to some fantasy in the future, only to get to the fantasy in the future and then feel depressed because it wasn't the fantasy that you thought it was going to be. And society is promoting these hedonistic one-sided models constantly. And people are perceiving that they're going to get to those points and they never actually do. Yeah, that's very true. And it just becomes an endless cycle of it's only when this happens and I'll be happy. Only when this happens and then I'll finally feel love. But it's like you said, it's your perception. That is very good. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess to start wrapping up the show, what would be some good advice that you could leave for me or my audience? Um, For you, definitely get that clapping thing. That sounds great. (laughs) Probably the most valuable thing I've taken out. I'm only joking. Um, I would say, yeah. Uh, I'd say for anybody watching that uh, you're an amazing human being and you're a miracle to be here. Uh, if you actually have a look at my partner and I going through IVF at the moment after about three years of trying to figure out how to have a child, it, although everybody that's had a child keeps telling us don't have one. So for some reason, apparently we're trying to do the, what they're regretting at the moment. But the chances, because you learn so much about sperms and the egg and everything else, and uh, just a protection that a woman has prior to a sperm getting in, it's 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 probably more advanced than the US defense system, to be honest with you. So the chances of you being alive and the millions of sperm cells that are seeding around trying to get in is like point something. It's ridiculous. So you're a miracle. You being here is a miracle. So do something with your life. Every human being has reason, meaning, and purpose for being here. And one of your purposes for being on planet earth is to discover what that is, what you're most inspired to do, what gives you the most energy and vitality. For me, it's assisting human beings to create profound change in their life. But for you, it may be a Michael Jordan-like mission to play a sport and share that with the world and inspire people with amazing athletic courage and achievements. It may be as a podiatrist, as I said, it may be as a psychiatrist, it may be whatever that is. I don't care what it is. Your job is to share that with humanity. And when you find out what that is and share that to the greatest degree, you get rewarded with energy and vitality and five hours feels like five minutes and you can't wait to take on challenges because little challenges for you are just a chance to play in the field and get into the bigger part of that field so my biggest thing that i recommend to people do what you love love what you do go out and share your gifts with the world and if anything's getting in your way feel free to reach out because my mission is to help people get to that point and resolve their challenges so maybe our missions may align 
Exactly. Thank you for that. That is a very great perspective to help people see their life and see who they are differently. And yes, if you need to get a different perspective or just need a little bit more nudge, hit Emmanuel up. He knows how to say it perfectly that you will understand. Like he really put things into perspective. I'm like, hmm, now I got to think about this a little more and reevaluate my own values. You can go check out MitziThinking.com and you will be able to find his lovely face on my website with his website so that you can connect with him directly. It's very easy to manage his website to fully understand how he can help you and help you change your life because this is something that we all need. We all need this different perspective shift so that we can just grow and just evolve and help people as well you know so that's the main goal so don't forget it <laughs> if anything you guys take care and i'll talk to you guys later bye